Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. We are very excited today to have Andrew Dettelbach and Katie Goss on. So we will turn it over to you guys and let you guys introduce yourselves to the listeners. I am Andrew Dettelbach. Just started a company called Wealth with Katie and three other people. We also had another company prior to this, which not we, but I did. Prior to this, which was very successful in the improving people's bodies and minds space. And we're really excited with our next step. You are who? (laughs) (laughs) We met through our last venture. I was a part of that as well. My background is in nursing, actually. And I had a couple of kids and ran into a lot of public floor issues after I had kids and kind of took a deep dive into biomechanics and public floor rehab. And so that's kind of what what I brought in our last program that we built. Oh yeah. I guess I, you were, you mentioned you wanted to learn about injury and I've had a lot of injuries. So that's really what's led me down the path that I've gone is is learning how to move my body. And for those of you that have seen my Instagram or seen me on the internet somewhere, then you'll notice that I do have pretty good control, but I was not like that for a very long time. And I actually had many, many injuries all over my body. Back issues. Predominantly, yep. or I had a 10 millimeter herniation, my L4, L5, had hip impingement, plantar fasciitis, spur in the heel. Both of my knees have been, I, I don't know what happened to those, but those hurt a lot. <laughs> and then uh, both shoulders had impingement, some labral issues, fell on my neck attempting a backflip. That took a long That's time. Fun. I've had like 10 ribs pop out. Just oh. a, a lot of things have happened to my body, my elbows, my wrists, my fingers. Part of that is due to the fact that both Katie and I have a condition called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. We have oh. a hypermobile version of it. Yeah. So, you know, I can do crazy things with my body. Just that 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 stretchiness. So yeah. my connective tissue, her connective tissue, a little bit less so. Uh, very stretchy. Yeah. I Mine um, became apparent after I had my kids. I found out kind of the root issue of um, some of the pelvic floor stuff that I dealt with uh, had to do with me being rather hypermobile. Oh. So there's a higher um, of that in women who are hypermobile. And then I think just a higher, seems to be a higher prevalence of injuries in athletes who are hypermobile. Yeah. Um, just because they lack the control between that passive and active range of motion. You don't get the same stretch reflex that a normal person would. So you actually don't realize you don't have good proprioception. You don't know where your joint is. You have crazy range of motion. People are like, mm-hmm. wow, you're so flexible. You don't have any control in that range, the lack of mobility. So ultimately, unless you, you work on it, and then you well, exactly. And that's <laughs> so, were all world. your injuries from sports there? No, I've, I had no reason at all. I could never like pin something to it. I mean, some of them would flare up from like CrossFit and stuff. Yeah, like I played soccer, had a lot of foot issues when I played soccer. So, I mean, there is a little bit of that, I guess, correlation there. Mm-hmm. With a tight cleat and all the pounding, the running, along with just growing through that process. And then CrossFit, I did bodybuilding before CrossFit, and that's oh. how I got my back injury. And then it was actually after my injury at the end of my college in 2013, I went to a physical therapist for Kaiser, and I could only see him once every like two months for, oh. I think it was 10 minutes or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
so he gave me a sheet with five exercises on it and I did them diligently and I really knew nothing about the body. I was in school for kinesiology, but that doesn't necessarily get you much. Like I, I knew anatomy, but I didn't understand how it worked. So I did my five exercises and ultimately I needed to start exploring other things. I couldn't get the help that I needed. And I was taking a ton of medications and I started to wean off those because I was just stoned for three months straight. Mm. And I actually spent a year and a half after that just playing with the movements of my body. And I got introduced to CrossFit by one of my patients at the time. And um, he actually took me through very like small, intricate movements, just making sure I could squat and make sure my body wasn't moving. He's he said, when I squat, my pelvis would just move up and down. So I just oh. had so much motion and no control. So he kind of taught me how to control my body and I expanded from there. Fascinating. So yeah, that neuromuscular control is something that's, it has to be established. Yes. And I think even if you're a tighter individual, you're not, you're not hypermobile. It's still important that you have an understanding of what your full range of motion is with whatever joint in the body. If, if you have a movement somewhere in the body uh, it's very important you have an understanding of how the body moves and to be able to get that full strength and control there. With the Ehlers syndrome, well, how is that with as far as working and lifting weights? Because I know that is something we you want to kind of not be over aggressive with, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so both of us, I was actually diagnosed before Andrew and the geneticist had told me to, you know, refrain from heavy lifting and, you know, be careful, do yoga was the recommendation, which sort of puzzled me because you see the yogis, you know, stretching into all kinds of crazy positions. I think you were told something similar, but yeah, what I've found Pilates was great for okay. me. And then just strength work in general, when I'm doing it, you know, slow and controlled with a lot of attention to form has by far been the most beneficial thing, which seems kind of like common sense to me. You know, if you have a joint that is looser and you just have more movement, strengthening the muscles just provides a bit more stability and control mm -hmm. to that area and mm -hmm. allows you to stop guarding so much. I had a lot of low back SI issues just because I had a lot of movement there. And mm -hmm. the stronger that I got, the less of that that there was. Mm -hmm. It was like everything stopped guarding and kind of just calmed down and it wouldn't have these flare-ups so frequently. And even now, if I go probably three, more than three days without working out, I start to feel that again. So keeps oh. yeah, the, the hypermobile community kind of gets a lot of that feedback. Like you shouldn't be lifting and you're right. You shouldn't one rep max right off the bat. You should work yourself <laughs> up. Even just doing like simple farmer carries would be a step in the right direction. Doing that often would be great for you. It's it's just, it all comes down to moderation and scaling appropriately over time. People obviously expect that quick growth. So it's not realistic. Yeah. It seemed like, you know, recommending someone machines would be better than recommending them yoga. Yeah. At a, at a minimum. I, I don't like machines. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I've touched one in years. I don't know. Yeah. Five, six years. <laughs> but I'm definitely glad that I, you know, experimented myself. Like I think having a nursing background maybe gave me a little bit more confidence to, you know, look at it as like, okay, that's your opinion. Thank you for that. I'll decide. Mm -hmm. what to do. And I'm really glad that I did because had I refrained from movement or been fearful of it, I know that I would definitely be struggling more than I do. Yeah. And I'd say that when I first had my back injury, which is the worst thing that I've had so far physically, I talked to a bunch of different physical therapists because I was an, I was interning to go to PT school, and 
I, th- I think I had like five or six physical therapists and doctors tell me that I should, you know, get the surgery and I should avoid strength and like doing lifting. And, and they didn't really have an answer for me in terms of how to help myself. It almost always came back to getting surgery. So mm. I started to just dive inward with myself and just start playing with the different movements in my body and eventually gotten to where I am today. Yeah, that's self-exploration. So you took that time to discover what you were capable of doing. Totally. And I I mean, just I'll just plug your stick as an example. So I, I've seen <laughs> you guys do all kinds of cool things with the stick. And I often struggle like to look at someone else's, what they're doing and, and recreating it. I like to just take the stick and figure out what I can do with it. Mm-hmm. So sitting in the middle of the living room, just playing with a million different combinations and activations. And, and uh, that's just one example of something that I might do. Just spend an hour or two doing that. Is there a really like a fear? Uh, I th- is there more a general fear of movement itself across the board in the general public? I think so. Yeah. There's definitely the the prevalence to, I mean, coming from a place where that was kind of taught that you should kind of be afraid of certain movements. I've definitely moved away from that in my thinking as I've gotten more knowledgeable and more connected with my body and taught thousands of other people mm-hmm. that the fear component of movement often creates more issues than, than just relaxing and chilling out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people really think they're doing damage to their body and it's, it's like, no, 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 there's, it's probably more that we are in a highly stressed environment and you're not releasing that stress. And ultimately, there, there's definitely a psychosomatic uh, mind component pain that I think is a bigger issue than, than the movement patterns necessarily. So is breathing a big component of, um, you know, what, what helped you regain, you know, your mobility or, or your movement? Yeah, I'm, I think I learned quickly that I mean, there were times when that was the only thing I could do and there was no movement as a possibility. So it's like, I'm just going to lay here and I'm just going to breathe and found that I would get that relaxation. That's just something that's been around for millennia, obviously. And it's, I mean, if it's stood the test of time, you should probably do it. (laughs) That is very true. That is very true. Because I think what's amazing is watching you and just without knowing that, I would have never said that you had injuries like that or major back issues uh, because of the control that you display when you make your posts. So I think that's, that's very, that's awesome. Yeah. And I talk about it occasionally and it's obviously I don't have those injuries now. Mm-hmm. I think because I have that control and I've, I've built that awareness, but before no, it was, it was every month I'd have something new pop up. It would last for months on end. I mean, I think that continuing to educate ourselves too, as much as we have time to, has been really beneficial. We have done some functional mm-hmm. brain conditioning. FRC. That stuff was really great. I mean, we mm-hmm. definitely started implementing a lot of what we learned there. Quickly. Um, and then again, with Pilates, you know, there's so many different uh, instructors and Pilates and different kind of trains of thought with it. But we've taken a lot of things from that too. Yeah, I've loved like Pilates, Bar, Legree. Uh, any of those practices that are so seen as like class. <laughs> <laughs> as seen as like maybe for women have been like really great just opening up my box of tools that I have to work with. So those those are fun. <laughs> yeah, guys, their egos don't allow them to go into bar and Pilates, generally speaking. I don't think I if it was just me, I wouldn't go into bar. But okay. Oh, okay. I have I Katie. You. She's like, come. I'm like, all right. So I go with her. But how was it, too? It's brutal. Like, you <laughs> got, <it? laughs> 
I've got like this 40 year old pregnant woman next to me, just crushing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never taken it. I haven't done it. either. I haven't done it. So, oh, uh, uh, there's different styles of bar. And the one that we went to just, I, I've been to a few different bar classes and I'm not a fan of all of them. This one that we went to here in Asheville was really great. Just a different style, uh, kind of Pilates esque. Yeah, okay. More of a neutral pelvis mm-hmm. where I think in general bar teaches like more of a posterior tuck a lot. Mm-hmm. So rounding I just, the lower back. Yeah, I prefer the neutral spine. Yeah. Are you guys going to be creating any type of pelvic floor uh, program? It's likely yes. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of people asking about that, so I I probably will do that again. I guess people care about their genitalia. Yeah, it's something that's not just a little bit a lot. Yeah, Um, no. You know, people get kind of uncomfortable with it, which is unfortunate because the knowledge just isn't prevalent with it, and it definitely needs to be. There are some other countries who do a much better job of that. Uh, I think it's France that gives every woman like ten home health visits with the pelvic floor physical therapist to rehab. Because if you think about having a baby, that's rather traumatic to the surrounding Mm -hmm. tissues. And in the States, it's like, if there's any tearing, anything, they stitch you up and send you home and that's it. There's no PT, there's no rehab, there's no nothing. And, you know, it just, it can lead to, to issues that women don't need to, they don't need to go through that because there, there are ways of remedying Mm -hmm. and fixing that. And there are, have been a surprising number of men to reach out as well. Um, It's definitely something that a lot of men struggle with too. And that they, I think don't realize a lot of times that it's actually associated with the pelvic floor, a lot of hip pain, you know, undiagnosable hip pain that has been ongoing and they can't figure out what's going on. And, you know, and then end up finding out that it's pelvic floor, things like erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, stuff like that uh, prostatitis. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's something that I'm, I'm passionate about because even as a nurse, it, it took me a couple of years to get diagnosed. It's just not like where people go initially, you know, when they're trying to figure out what's going on with like hip pain was how mm-hmm. I presented with it. So I'm just kind of passionate about getting the word out there and definitely letting women know that they don't have to stop doing the things that they love, you know, like being told to not lift weights or not jumping rope because you're afraid you're going to leak or, you know, not running or, you know, cause you're giving up a lot of your life when you become a mom anyways, you don't need to give up all of the things that you mm-hmm. love to do. And as a guy, having not had a kid, my back injury, and I also have had a hernia, my back injury, hernia, hip impingement, um, maybe some diastasis here. All of that stuff is just connected to pressure. So having a bit more control of the pelvic floor, as well as, the abdominal muscles, your breathing, your diaphragm, your chest expansion, your rib expansion, all that stuff kind of works together as a unit. So it's people just kind of leave the pelvic floor out and the pressure just still pushes outward down. And uh, ultimately you're not improving if you're not focusing on that as well. Yeah. I think for guys, it's, it's guys don't acknowledge it and and females. uh, Well, because I think most majority of our industry is male dominated still in the training in the trenches. Uh, I I understand that uncomfortable barrier between a female client and their male trainer. It's not something that they definitely generally want to talk about. Yeah. um, That's something, you know, and when I've done workshops and stuff in the past that I've encouraged the male trainers to talk about those things and refer out to a pelvic PT. Mm -hmm especially working, you know, with newly postpartum clients. I was definitely one of those women who stayed very, very active and very fit when I was pregnant. So Mm -hmm. after I had a baby, of course, I wanted my core to get back in shape. And when working with a trainer, you know, my 
the rest of my body was still in great shape. But, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of trainers don't think about meeting the woman at their weakest point, which is mm-hmm. always going to be their core and pelvic floor at that point. You know, so going and, you know, doing just stuff that I shouldn't, you know, box jumps and sprints mm-hmm. and stuff like very early on when I didn't have that stability back into the core and pelvic mm-hmm. floor was, you know, not the best. And so I don't know, the more that I can just get that word out there, the happier. <laughs> That's great. No, it's like you mentioned a few minutes ago. It's something that we, our clinical society here in the U.S. just completely ignores that from, from postpartum. It's just, okay, we'll see you later. Bye. You had a baby. Okay. Good luck. And that's it. I know we we both just purchased the Gray Institute program oh, cool. on the uh, pelvic floor. Oh, great. Pro- yeah, so that's a pretty cool little program. We've just started both delving into that. So it was perfect timing to, to bring that, that up. So that's great. Yeah, that's great. I think prevention can be a big thing there too. I ended up going through a six-hour pelvic reconstructive surgery. And had I known what was going on earlier, I think that, you know, there's a likelihood that I probably could have prevented it from getting to that point. So yeah, work on preventing versus waiting for that stuff to happen. Yeah, Exactly. So your new platform, tell us about it and where we can find it. Sure. It is called Wealth. She came up with the name. So whole health, world health, uh, holistic health. We'll have options with the W as W health. (laughs) That came from, you know, like the, the idea that your health is your wealth. Mm -hmm. Um, During my time working as a nurse, I took care of some end of life patients and, you know, they would often voice regret and it was usually in regards to their health and the things that they didn't do that they should have done. It was never about, I wish I worked harder. I wish I had accomplished more of my career. It was always Mm -hmm. about their relationships Mm -hmm. and their health. So, yeah. And we, um, you know, I've seen, I focused a lot on movement over the years and, and helping people with their movement ultimately have realized that there's a massive mindset component with it. And there's also a nutrition component with it and the stressors of life and the restorative components. So our new platform actually has all of those things in it together. So we call it five pillars, movement, nutrition, restoration, environment, and uh, mindset. So those five working together, and it's, it's a habit formation platform. So you're working on making a little improvements in all these areas at once. So it's 1% growth mentality uh, over a period of time. So I mean, we're excited. We had a lot of people jump right into it. <laughs> yeah. It's almost, it was very overwhelming. Well, overwhelming. <laughs> Good problem to have, but uh, So yeah, we've been, we've been grinding and we're also doing it with them. So we kind of created this platform for us as well. There's just things that we know we should do and we know about it and why they're helpful and we're not doing them. So creating a platform that, that we will do as well as everyone else so that we can all get better as a, as a whole. Are any of the programs customized per individual or is this more of a no. kind of a broad? It currently is that cookie cutter stamp right now there's challenges with each habit that you learn. So there is like a beginner, intermediate, and advanced for each of those challenges that they can choose based on their level. I mean, there's some people that don't drink any water at all, for instance. So just getting them to drink, you know, one glass is is a bonus versus someone like me trying to drink their body weight in, in ounces. We tried to make the program. I mean, we wanted like our parents and grandparents and people who had no background in health or fitness to come in and be able to benefit from it and understand it. And for it to also be beneficial to, you know, our friends who we work out with all the time. Mm -hmm. And we all like, 
I know I'm fit and I look fit. And I also know that there's a lot of things I can improve on in these other areas, including movement. So it's just really just getting a bunch of different types of people in there to realize that you can focus on the whole picture and you can get yourself to feel really well doing so. Yeah, I think um, that all around holistic approach is is great. So is this going to be like a monthly subscription? It's just a one time. This, oh, okay. It's okay. a lifetime purchase for the program. Uh, we'll be putting out more programs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's just each program, you just purchase the program, you have it for life. And uh, you know that includes the future upgrades that we do to it. We are always trying to improve and we re-record a lot of videos and improve the content as we go. And Yeah, and I, we do have like a roadmap kind of laid out. It's real wishy-washy, obviously. And just trying... This is the first foundations course. So just getting everyone to go through it and pick up the, the most basic fundamentals for each of these pillars. And then we're going to dive in deeper in the next one. And eventually down the line, we'd love to bring in people that are masters of their craft. Like, I don't know if you guys know who Brene Brown is, but it would be really neat to bring in someone like that to, to talk about uh, mindset and vulnerability and just people that that speak to Apple and shit like that. That's <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. bringing in like people that know their stuff. Stuff, yeah. That would be down the line, the more advanced stuff. That's There's nice. a lot of people that know a lot more than we do. And we've been really fortunate to learn from some incredible people. I mean, like Jill Miller from Yoga Tune Up um, has been yeah. a bit of a She's a beast. She's, She's a beast. She's awesome. We really just love opportunities to, you know, collaborate and get together with other people and learn from other people too. So one of the things that we wanted to, in regards to setting up your new platform, is it, did it just coincide at the perfect time with what's going on currently, or I mean, did it was it easier, harder? Were there any type of I mean, issues? I think for us, having you know been in the world of online platforms and kind of online fitness stuff, it was I would say an easier transition than some people who are trying to go from brick and mortar to online programs yeah. right now. Okay in the face of COVID, but we definitely did choose a new platform. So, you know, it's always learning the new platform and every, every platform that hosts a program of some sort has their ups and downs. And it's just, you're just learning those little finicky things is kind of crazy. We also are just fortunate to have a group of people that we all work equally hard and we all know very different things about, you know, just the technical aspects of the business and the marketing aspects of things. And I, you know, I've built programs before that have done really well online. So for me, that was an easy process to take. It's just a time consuming process to make a program. And then um, the technical stuff, I don't understand, but the other guys do. (laughs) (laughs) And then filming too. I mean, with COVID, we've been shooting the whole uh, program in our house, which that part has been a little bit it's challenging low ceilings he's very I've, tall yeah yeah i'm very <laughs> our, my my ceiling is literally right right then, here down there <laughs> but i i'm also fortunate to have been around a lot of videographers and um just understanding lighting to a very basic level and just getting the right angles so that's just doing everything i guess the jack of all trades just that's when you get started you know doing it all yourselves you guys know that <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because there's it's each person brings their own expertise or what they're good at, and it's just finding a team that that meshes together, and everybody identifies with their role. They know what they're bringing to the table, and so I think it's. I don't know if a lot of people, when they try to start their own business, they just want to do everything themselves. 
and you kind of shortchange yourself when you do that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I've, Definitely takes a team. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I've learned that for sure. It, that, it helps to have 20 people versus just trying to do it with five. <laughs> yeah. So just having these five guys right off the start, all, all of us working together as a unit has been pretty tremendous. It's fast. It's happening very yeah. quickly. <laughs> so, cause you have five pieces to your, your program. Is everyone a kind of a specialist in each, each section of that program? Or is it more like, yeah. hey, these these two or three people are more on the back end, take care of the technical things? That's all Somewhere, of us are good with the movement. I mean, Josh has a master's degree in nutrition. So he's <laughs> kind of Josh is doing a lot of nutritional content because he has the master's degree in nutrition. Fantastic. Shiloh also has the dude. He just learned list of certifications and degrees is long, but he has a master's in business with a bachelor's degree in nutrition and know. wellness too many, with too a many minor symbols. in <laughs> science or something like that. And he's a CSCS and they both have done precision nutrition one and two and I don't know a bunch of stuff. So we all, we all kind of put in content where we feel the most confident or like we have the most to offer. And then we tear each other apart a little bit and, uh, <laughs> It's good for us. Yeah, no, one of them is a has a degree in systems engineering, which is essentially engineering of a business and how it how it like oh. functions. That's also been very helpful. Just picking holes in all the areas that we could close up. So it's great. Yeah, that's what you need. Yeah, because you don't think of certain things, and then somebody that they say no, that needs there's a hole in the there's a crack in the dam. We need to take care of that, get it patched up. So yeah. Ultimately, he's the question master. Yes, a lot of questions. Really good questions. <laughs> the questions that we don't, you don't think about, you're like, oh. That you need. <laughs> right? Yes, 100%. Yeah, so it's been fun, and we're excited to get this thing going. Just right off the bat, there's always little issues and hiccups that are ultimately part of what we're teaching is, is us learning how to to control our emotions around things that don't necessarily work out. So we've walked the walk. I'm just talking. It, that's awesome that you said that because there is so much of life that you just, it's out of your control and, and you've just got to kind of be willing to ride the wave, so to speak. Yeah. And even going a step further than, than just riding the wave, but being able to kind of lean into those challenges, you know, with the intention that that's where those big growth opportunities usually lie. The more challenging and disruptive the situation, generally, the more growth that that comes from it, and it's ultimately usually an excellent learning opportunity. If you're mm-hmm. able to stop like resisting it and feeling sorry for yourself and being angry and sad, and just kind of lean into what what you're dealing with. One hundred percent. We've experienced that, I think, with injuries too. Just kind of looking for that silver lining and what what positives can come from it. Well, the thing with the injuries is is I think injuries ultimately should teach you patience. I mean, uh, right? I I'm think- still working on patience. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do recall. It is my weakest area. <laughs> I, I you know I've led a community of several thousand people and a lot of them have kind of voiced that like a lot of what they learned was the patience component. Just recognizing that the process takes time and people just in our quick fix society, they just want things to happen now. They want it quickly and it just does the body is going to heal at the rate it's going to heal. Different for mm-hmm. That's kind of tough to convey to people. Maybe not tough to convey, but I think it's tough for people to accept that. Sometimes. Yeah, and it's, it helps to focus on the little wins. Like people mm-hmm. don't necessarily 
they're like, all right, I want to be able to do CrossFit again. And I can't, I'm completely trash. My body is a wreck. And I'm like, okay, well, what is something else that you can't do right now? That seems super easy. And like, okay, putting on socks or, you know, walking to the mailbox and just looking at these very small things that when you are able to do those things again, that's a, that's a little win, you know, you're kind of moving in the right direction. So I think at least from the, the positives perspective, just looking at those tiny wins versus just your overall goal. And then another thing with pain is that people are, they're afraid of it. They don't want it. They think it's bad. And pain inevitably is just some, it's a signal. It's like your check engine light and it's telling you that something is wrong and it's important for you to focus on it. So it's a message to you to say, hey, bud, um, there's something going on either in your body or in your mind that you're going to need to deal with that you're mm-hmm. not dealing with. So what is it? It's time to grow. Yeah. And that's a great thing. Pain it should be just a signal, but you're right. People just want to cover up, cover it up and move on with their life and then not take the time to figure out what, why did you get that signal in the first place? And then it becomes nagging and chronic and ultimately gets worse because you're focusing on it. and You notice it constantly. And, that's- and then you expect it. And then when it's not there, you wonder what's wrong because it's not there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when it's not there, then you're like, oh, it's going to happen soon. And then it happens. You're like, I knew it. It's just always there. So there's a lot of the mindset component that goes with pain. Who are some of the top people that you've followed in regards to the movement world or the strength and conditioning world that you would recommend? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Jill Miller's work. Uh, JJ Weeks, that's more down the Pilates realm. I uh, I was first introduced to the, the end range work with Hunter Fitness. Mm, yep, Hunter. Um, and I really enjoyed watching that. Like when it, I, I think I saw this stuff like five years ago. I'm like, this guy's weird. <laughs> oh, that's when he was showing all the crazy positions. Just, yeah, right. We did a, a course at Onnit too, the Onnit Durability, and that was fun to get down there and see their place and learn. I, I've been to a bunch of seminars. You know, like the perform well, better. perform better. <laughs> That was the first time we had met. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I was absolutely amazed how tall you were. I mean, I'm I'm short. I'm short as shit. But when you walked up, and I was like, "Holy shit, you're tall!" Being taller, you have a lot more issues than someone that's five four or five three. I would think. I mean, I've always said that because it's an excellent excuse for me. <laughs> but like, leverage is. Uh, a big deal. I remember doing biomechanics, like measurements and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, if my arm is this long, the weight is going to be a lot heavier. Yeah. I mean, your legs are very heavy, like doing the L sits or anything like that. Yeah. I do an L sit. My legs are 110 pounds. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I think what's awesome though, is when people with your limb length and height also can do things that, that typically most people are told, uh, you're just too tall for that, or oh, yeah. you'll you won't achieve that. Yeah, I um, like concerts are great for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, like like tall people are told you know deep squatting is really yeah a lot harder for you. But when you it, see people that are, it's a lot more range, and especially I mean it's just it's harder for me not just because I'm taller, but because I'm so loose, so I can get really deep in the hole. Mm-hmm. And I'll lose some of my stretch reflex, not have the strength to come out of it, and I'll have to bail. So when I do like heavy lifting, my response is very different. I I just remember lifting with guys that were almost as tall as me, but they just they were tighter. They didn't have mm-hmm. the same tissue response, and they would just come out of the hole with 550 pounds, and I'm struggling with 350. So 
I think I've broken the 350 barrier twice, you know, like 355 or something like that. And that's, that's just a max lift for me. And I don't really want to train any higher than that because it's just, it's difficult for my body to control such a heavy weight because it's so loosey goosey. My mm-hmm. leg, my hips will just fucking move. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you try to cut off your range of motion then on a lot of your lifts or do you just, you kind of know now like, Hey, this is my, this is my endpoint for this type of lift or movement. And I'll, I'll, I'll go there and come out of the hole. That's where it's like, okay, well I could train the full range of motion and just work with a weight that's reasonable. Or, you know, if I get up to that 350 mark, like, do I want to still try to train my full range of motion or just kind of go the bare minimum. It's for me, it's like this toss up. I, I also don't train like the half range with heavy lifting. So when I, I tried to do that once and it just didn't work because I haven't trained it at a lighter weight. So I could train the half range, but I haven't. I'm like, I should use the range that I have. Otherwise I'll lose it or lose control of it. So, well, I think what I, what we like is when you said, you know, three, three fifty is a lot of weight. Yeah. I mean, I, I think how many people, how many ga- people can you pull off the street that you, you could literally could even stand with 350 on their back? So, I mean, it's, it's still pretty damn strong. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it's just my going to CrossFit and just being around like the mm-hmm. real competitive people. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just cranking out weight. Yeah. But they're always shorter than me. <laughs> so there. Uh, it's, like I t- it's like I tell people, I'm designed to just pick shit up off the floor, squat down and pick shit up. Yeah, Dennis is designed to pick up like 700 pounds. Uh, yeah. yeah. But even what's even what's crazy is I still don't do it, though, because I'm like, I don't the reward. Like for me, it's like, for what? What am I doing this for? But have you? Well, you're doing it for your ego. And have you done it? <laughs> Well, what's the most you've benched? You've benched some pretty crazy. Yeah, I, weights, I hit right? 400, but then I was kind of like, like I was all amped. I mean, this granted, this was in my late 20s, early 30s. I was like, I'm going to hit the 400 mark on the bench, and then when I hit it, I was kind of like, okay, that was anticlimactic. Like it was kind of <laughs> like, and then uh, and meanwhile, I'm like, well, now my shoulders all jacked up just because yeah. I was trying to get to this number. That when I finally got to it. I was like, okay, now what? Yeah, I realized, yeah, the ego thing, I kind of like, that's not a big deal. And people always ask me, they're like, oh, how much do you deadlift or how much do you squat? And I'm like, enough. More I mean, than you probably, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm like, enough. Like, if you're, if we were in a fire, like, I could pick your ass up and drag you out, carry you out. I think that's strong enough, you yeah. know, that type of thing. So, you know, that for, because we, we always talk about how much training, how much heavy training do we really want to do anymore? And that's, um, that's where you should go to bar class. Uh, I think, well, yeah, I think if I went, I'd be pretty like, woo. That I mean, was an experience. Get rocked. They'll give you these two pound weights. And I'm, I'm like, so the, the only options are one, <laughs> two, and three pound weights. And I'm like, I'm going to grab the threes, obviously. Yeah. I'm and advanced. I'll I ended pick up, up the putting them down and using my arms because I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I'm going to go have to check out a bar class. There's a bar place right uh, down the street from us. Are they open right now? Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they, they transitioned outside. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, when they open <laughs> up, I'm going I'm to have to get it go. on video. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're both yeah. going, dude. I'll if I'm going, video. you're going too. <laughs> uh, there's no, I'm not doing this solo. So. We can both go and experience this fun together because right. I've been kind of curious about it. You, like, I've never, I don't really know any guys that have gone and done it though. So we took our whole team out a year ago, somewhere out in, out in California. The whole team did it. There were like five guys. Oh yeah. 
but uh, pretty miserable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it is. It's it's uh, when you get into something like that, and it's always fun, especially when with body weight movements. It's always fun when you see some jacked up dude, or and then you put them in a body weight movement, and they're just shaking. They're all like, and you're like, dude, it's just your body weight. When you do bar and you just, you're holding like the mid range positions on a lot of things for a good, like minute or two straight. So you're, you're, I mean, you're just going crazy. I don't lift as heavy as I used to before COVID just cause I, I have the weight. I have about 480 pounds that I can throw into a bar, but I've just kind of been sticking to the 10 rep range for everything and doing like a moderate weight for everything and that's just been great not going not maxing anymore is awesome on the central nervous system so (laughs) yeah that's a big benefit especially during the stress of covid do you have other than the online platform are you expecting to do live courses at all we might again after covid i you know it's hard to plan right now yeah 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 expect we're still we got engaged um last spring and people keep asking us when we're getting married we're like i don't know COVID. like we can't really it's so hard to to know what to expect or when things will go back to normal but it's definitely something that we're open to i don't know that it's a big focus or a big goal of ours Mm -hmm. i did enjoy like doing the in-person workshops and at the same time i'm like okay i can hit a lot of people at the same time just with social media so Mm -hmm. it's for me, it's kind of a toss up. Like it is fun to go and meet people. It's a lot of energy for me as an introvert. I just, I crash so hard for a couple of days after doing those, especially oh. by where it's like five days straight and we do a workshop and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh God. So for me, it's to record videos and make a course that people can just go through multiple times. It seems like they absorb the information better in person. It's almost like a, kind of fan like i i love the fans at the same time like i are you guys here to learn the information or to see the shirtless guy uh <laughs> you know what i mean yeah true yeah, that's a good point i didn't think about that i mean a lot of people are super interested and there are some that i'm like i don't know they're just kind of here <laughs> yeah because you kind of did you get that when we were in dubai did you get that kind of sense then for some of those so, people Dubai is a different crowd just because they don't seem to have as much of that information available to them around in the Middle East. So it was surprising, though, how many people when we went over there, like how many people knew who you were and how much you got recognized. Yeah, just walking around the city and stuff. just to be that far away, like, you know, around the world and to be recognized that much was, was yeah, yeah. crazy. Great crowd, great people. We Obviously, they put us in, you know, sweet hotels and there's. These are better than any hotels in the U.S. So, okay. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't been to Dubai, it's pretty freaking nice. And those buffets. I mean, we we met you at the buffet. You live there? Uh, Well, dude, I've told you, man, Dubai is just, it's in a whole, it's it's indescribable. It really is. Breakfast buffets every morning. You're just like, dude. It's every type of breakfast food you can think of. But I, what I love about the city, though, is the blend of technology. I mean, to see how the technology is at play. I mean, it's every time you go back, there's umpteen different new buildings that weren't there six months ago. Well, it was great to have you guys on. We appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, thanks for, for your support. Thank you for your support of what we do. Uh, we love what you guys do. Uh, it's part of your new logo now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I know down, I know Neil and I have talked about hopefully one day having some type of summit and uh, we'd love to have you guys be cool. a part of it. Uh, it, it hope, I mean, whether it's virtual or in person, I mean, we prefer in person, but we'll have to kind of see uh, how this whole thing plays out, huh? Totally. That'd be great. And I'd, yeah, I'd love to take amazing. some of your guys' classes at some point, your course or workshop, whatever you're doing. We have login information for it. It's just fine. <laughs> you have access already. <laughs> it's the time though. It's it, it it, before fun. you know it, you're like, holy crap. It's been a month and I've been meaning to get to this. It just, yeah. When did we get it? A while ago. I'll add it to your to-do list. It's okay. <laughs> Bad. No worries. No, no worries. Access to something. <laughs> yeah. Now we just have programs piling up. Oh yeah, you got Katie Bowman's programs. You, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. What's nice is when you're in there with your peers, like they're like, "Here, here's my program. Here's for access to it." But then you're like, "Holy crap!" Now I got twelve programs to go through. So it's just, yeah, there's a lot of time. Plus, you know, and there's not as much of commitment in regards to just not forking out the money for it. You know, yeah, you do find that if you have to pony up the cash for a program, you're way more likely to actually go through and do it than if it yep. is given to you. You're like, that's awesome. But then it just sits there and you, you know, aren't yeah. Yep. yeah, I've kind of been guilty of that a couple of times. <laughs> so yeah, I know that's my family's like, so do we get login for your new program? And I'm like, I don't know. I think you're going to have to pay something. <laughs> you got to have some skin in the game, right? Yeah. That's the way it goes. Oh, Instagram? Yeah, I'm going to try. Let's All see. right. There we go. <laughs> Where again can everybody find you as far as social media? Yeah, it's Spread Wealth. So Instagram, it's at Spread Wealth and it's spelled W H E A L T H. The website is www.spreadwealth.com. Fantastic. Well, I, we hope you guys spread the wealth and keep people moving and feeling good and uh, improving their lives, yours personally and your clients that uh, enroll for the program. And uh, we look forward to having you guys on sometime down the road. And like I said, we'll discuss hopefully doing a summit or something sometime down the road. So that'd be amazing. Thank you very much. I'd love to see a summit. Awesome. And to all our listeners out there until next episode, be good to each other. I like that.